What's up? We're back once again, Before the Bell, episode 8. Episode 8, guys. Damn, we've gone long on this one. We have gone long. Um, my name is Kez, also known as That Guy Kez, and I'm with Courtney Say a- No More. Yes, aka Say No More. Cool. So, this weekend, um, it's been some decent events. One particular guy stands out, and that's Devin Haney. But we'll get to that. So, um, yeah, in part one, we'll talk about Haney's fight against Moran. And also Trout versus Gaoshi. And in part two, we talk about the big one. That's Anthony Joshua fighting next weekend. Um, and then part three, quick mentions and what's happening next week as well. So, Courtney, are you ready? Let's go. Let's go. Let's do this then. So, yeah, part one. Devin the Dream Haney versus Antonio Moran. Um, Haney is a real prospect here. He's uh, 20 years old. He's undefeated, uh, 21 uh, victories in, in, in boxing. He's the current WBC international lightweight champion. And um, he faced Antonio Moran. And yeah, the fight ended in a brutal fashion with a, a nice nice knockout. So give me your thoughts on this fight. Um, Moran didn't really have much. I mean, I would like in uh, Devin, Hain, Devin Haney to uh, maybe when he was 130 pounds. Well, maybe it was at 130 pounds. He had power in both hands. He had skills to burn. No one could touch him. Um, I, I mean, that's what I'm seeing in Devin Haney right now. I mean, outboxed him, took his time. There's not really, I, 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 there's not really much I can say about Moran. I mean, he tried, but he just had nothing. Um, yeah, he's getting a lot of praise. Um, Haney's getting a lot of praise. Um, you know, Eddie Hayne, he, 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 Eddie Hayne, Eddie Hearn, he signed with Eddie Hearn and um, obviously Eddie Hearn's going to have his back. But yeah, the praise even from Eddie Hearn sounds sounds genuine. He's a really confident young man. And um, yeah, well, that that finish, let's talk about that finish because that's a great technique, that round five knockout. You know, um, what's your thoughts on it? Um, he basically, he goaded, he goaded, goaded him in. I've seen Canelo do it quite a lot, so... They was in the center of the ring. He was controlling the distance. Threw a jab out there and then just a, a straight hand right down the middle. Similar to uh, what Deontay Wilder did to um, Brazil last week. Um, pushed him back with that. And then as he pushed him back, he threw another jab to the face. And I think the, the guy, Moran, probably thought he was going to do another overhand right to the face. But he did it to the body. And then after he'd done that shot, he'd throw another jab and he uh, fainted like he was going to throw it to the body again. And even I thought he was going to, it was that good of a faint. I thought he was throwing it to the body. And at the last minute where he's throwing that hand forward, he turns it over into over overhand right. Yeah, and it comes and over the top. Over the top, blasts him in the chin. And yeah. he never saw it coming because he clearly thought it was going to be a body shot as well. Yeah, Moran's uh, guard was down, down by his kind of midsection, his stomach. So yeah, it was just completely unguarded. Um, kind of like overhand punch to the face really and uh yeah just 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 knocked him knocked him out and 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 the ref just ended it pretty much then and there so people are saying this is um again Eddie Hearn is saying this is the knockout of the year um it's definitely a good showing by the young man but how do you think this fight and this performance ranks um you know in general so far the thing is the knockout that he done yeah is a is a very common uh thing a lot of people do it but People do it, and they don't knock people out of it. Like, I don't want to be big-headed, but I was sparring yesterday, and a guy did this to me, and I blocked the thing. Because um, you have to be very good, to, you have to be very technical and well-skilled to do such a generic thing, right? You have to really make it look like you're not going to do one thing and do the other. So, in that sense, technically, it was great from um, Devin Haney. Um, I mean, it was such a masterclass. I'd probably give Haney an eight. Yeah. And Moran, I mean, I can't give him anything really. I'll give him a free. Okay, but do you think that this was an easy fight going in? Did Moran look dangerous at any point or, or what? Not really. He didn't look dangerous at all. Um, he was trying, but once he got hit through a few shots, he, he just, he, you turn into survival mode. He turned into survival mode and you just try to survive. Yeah, he was backing down, um, especially when that, that, that knockout happened. He was backing up against the ropes. So, yeah, Devin Haney, very, very confident young man. Um, 
20 years old. That's like he's born in 98 or something. That's uh, that's no age, and he's doing great things in boxing. Do you, do you have, I mean, what's your thoughts on his um, potential? Um, in the future, if Loma's still around, I think he's got potential to be Loma. Um, potential, not saying he will definitely do it. There's another guy, Teofimo Lopez. I think he beats Teofimo Lopez. He, people's got high praise in Teofimo. Uh, we've touched on him a few times in our podcast. Um, and he was possibly going to fight Lomachenko, no, possibly fight Luke Campbell, um, because Devin Haney's number three in the WBC, Luke Campbell's number one, and the WBC title is vacant. But they gave it to Lomachenko. So Lomachenko will fight Luke Campbell for that title. But I mean, within the next year, he'll probably fight for a world title. And it will probably be Lomachenko, because he's trying to get the WBC title. But I don't know. I think it's maybe a bit too soon for Lomachenko. But he is very good. Two, three years now, he could probably beat Lomachenko. He's yeah. 20. He's still young. He still needs to grow into his man body. So Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to rush him. I think that's a good um, a good point. You've got to take time with him. I mean, he himself is calling out all the champions. He's, he's saying that he'll take them all on. Um, so, yeah. I mean, personally, I... You know, as a man, I love how he speaks. Um, he's not cocky, but he's very sure of himself. And he's got good humour. I, I think he could... Um, yeah, if he keeps going like this, he could be a very, very big star. So, yeah, you've already given some scores. You gave him an 8. And, um, Moran, you've, you're you going to decline to to score at all? Or? Uh, he, he gets for free. He gets okay. for free, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Um, pretty much, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd say about an 8 for Haney. For you know, for a young man, he he he's done very well tonight. What about this fight as a whole? So it just went five rounds, nice knockout at the end. How would you rate the fight in general? Uh, Devin Haney carried the fight, um, and Moran. I mean, you know, bless the guy. I you know, he was trying, but he had nothing, um, and because of that, even though he was trying, I would give the fight seven, just because he he had no much, not much. It takes two to tangle, right? Mm-hmm. So I give the fight a seven. Even though it was fun and Haney, Devin Haney's skills were on show and it was uh, fun to watch Haney doing his thing, it's better when both guys are, you know, are making a real effort. So seven, I think, is a fair score for the fight. All right. And, um, yeah, he, he fights out of Vegas and he fights out of um, Mayweather's gym. So do you think there's any, you know, do you think that kind of um, connection is visible, you know, when you see Devin Haney fight? Does he fight in any way like um, somebody that's from Mayweather's camp? A little bit, not more, not so much. Um, uh, Mayweather, but um, you can see that he's definitely got uh, some pointers from Mayweather Senior. They have trained together more than a few occasions. Um, he's definitely got some pointers uh, from Mayweather Senior. Um, also, as well, he's um, he, he sparred uh, Shakur Stevenson in the Mayweather gym before, and that's on that's on the line. And Mayweather was watching that spar. So um, he's probably got tips from Mayweather as well, like advice verbally. But in terms of how his style looks, I think uh, you, there's like a Mayweather senior, senior uh, how can I say, technique you can see that he uses in his fights. Okay. And yeah, by the way, who won that spar then against uh, Shakur Stevenson? I think it was pretty even, actually. It was pretty even. I didn't really give him a winner. I mean, that was a really good spar, man. It was a really, really good spar. This was about two and a half years ago. Um, but yeah, if uh, any boxing fans or any f- uh, fight fans want to see a good spar between two qu- quality, they're not even prospects no more, they're contenders now, uh, just go on YouTube and write Shakur Stevenson versus Devane Haney. Very good spar. All right then. So yeah, we'll call it for that fight. Definitely want to look out for Devin Haney. So the other event of the weekend in boxing, um, Austin Trout against uh, Goshi. Uh, that, that was a 10-round 10 10 round fight that ended... With a draw. Now, you, you think this one's a robbery? Uh, pretty much. Um, I'm going to correct you there as well, because uh, Gaucher. Gaucher? Yeah, yeah. Go- sounds um, very bougie. Yeah. Gaucher sounds like an you know, Oriental name. And he's definitely a, uh, a black American. Um, it was pretty much robbery. Um, Gaucher, in his last fight, he got beat by Lara pretty handedly. Uh, I'm a big fan of Austin No Doubt Trout. Mr. No Doubt. Um, I like his style of fighting. Um, he reminds me of myself actually. He really puts his shoulder out there, and it's hard to hit someone when their shoulder's right, right in front of you know, 
in front of you. Is that so, the Philly shell? Is that like a similar thing? No, it's not a Philly shell. He just so when you have your boxing stance, um, you know, you stand with your your back leg, your depending if you're southpaw, southpaw orthodox, but for myself, my right leg is behind me, and my left leg's in front of me, and uh, you stand side on, but people don't. You can still move your upper body and really put your um your shoulder prominent in that that person's vision, so they can't really hit your body unless you turn and punch. And he's really good at that. That's why he hardly gets knocked out and hardly gets put on the floor. Um, and doesn't really get hurt in his fights, but he loses, He does lose fights. Um, but yeah, Gachet came out very strong, high guard. Um, he was just faster. I feel like this could probably be the demise of um, Austin Trout. Yeah, and I think he looked more confident as well. He was, you know, walking him down. Yeah, um, yeah throwing some good, good combinations. The jab was the key. I mean, he threw it. Trout kept using his jab as a rangefinder, which he normally doesn't do. He he does do that, but I mean, he'll mix in hard jabs with the rangefinder jab. He didn't throw any hard jabs, just constantly using it as a rangefinder. Um, Gachet, hard jabs to the face, to the body, um, good right hands. He was actually really fast from the, So he'd throw a right hand with throw nothing before it, no jab, no hook, just throw a right hand and still hit um, Austin Trout. Yeah, that's impressive. Um, I gave him seven rounds. Um, Gachet and I gave Austin Trout free. One of the rounds that I gave Trout, I could have easily have given to Gachet. So, I mean, you could even give Trout just two rounds. But I gave Trout three rounds. Um, yeah, I mean... Nice. So, Trout is the bigger name, right? But, yeah, yeah. Um, he clearly lost this fight, but it ended up with a draw. So, is that is that boxing, um, refereeing or whatever, scoring their politics? I mean, why did this fight not go... Gachet's way. I feel like it is because one of the judges scored it 99-91 uh, to Gachet. So they only gave Trout one round. Uh, the other judge scored it 96-94 to Trout and the third judge scored it 95-95. So that's uh, a majority, a split draw basically. Uh, one score either way for each fight and then one of the other scores is a draw. Um, yeah, I think it's politics. Gachet's not really a big name. The the arena was kind of empty as well. It wasn't that busy. Um, mainly the people there were for Trout as well. So you get Gachet to win this fight, you know, how much money are you going to make? Yeah. So, but obviously he, saw, he, he, he won so clearly, they can't give Trout the fight. So they made it a draw. So yeah, I, I think it's uh, boxing politics coming to the forefront again, which is, that's what I don't like about boxing. I love the sport, but, you know, there's a lot of money to be made and stuff like this happens. Yeah, yeah. So it, it looks like it's kind of win one, lose one for um, Gachet. I mean, how, how do you think he's going to move on from here? Do you think you've seen a new fire in his eyes? You know, is he going to improve after this? Um, I mean, he improved fastly considering his last fight against Lara. Lara, obviously, is pretty darn good. Um, but I saw a lot of improvements. And he switched up. He didn't only walk uh, Trout down. Um, he boxed a bit as well. He boxed for some rounds. He, he knew when he needed to walk him down and he knew when he needed to box. Um, it was a really good performance, man. Um, if he keeps going the way he's going, maybe he'll get a t- uh, title shot uh, later down the line, but he's definitely an improving fighter for sure. And then Austin Trout, bad day at the office or what? I feel like I feel like the title of this uh, podcast should be is this The Demise of Austin Trout. The demise of Austin Trout. Because, um, yeah, man, it was just it was a poor performance from Trout. Um, he's lucky he's got a name and he's got a big following because that's the only reason I think he was given that, that draw. All right. Okay, let's give this fight some um, scores then. I'll let you lead the way on this one. It was a really good good performance. Even though Trout uh, had a poor performance, he, was, he, was, he made it competitive. He was there. But, I mean, he just... He had no... There wasn't a possibility of him even winning the fight, in my opinion. Um, I'll give the fight a seven, solid seven. Um, Gachet, an eight. Trout, let's go for a five for Trout. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely a fight worth watching, especially especially if you like, um, you know, if you're a fan of, of the craft. So that's part one, Courtney. Over and done with. So yeah, when we come back, we'll talk about the big one, Anthony Joshua's fighting next weekend. And then after that, we'll talk about what's happening um, next weekend as well with UFC and other quick mentions. All right, back after this. 
you want to know everything about fighting, subscribe to our channel. Okay, before the bell, part two. Anthony Joshua, next weekend. Um, there's so much to talk about in this fight. So much to talk about. Um, should we just start with the fact that he was meant to fight Jerome Miller? And Jerome Miller got uh, disqualified for not one, not two, but three performance-enhancing drugs. Your thoughts? Um, his career is tainted now for me. It's, it's sad because I like him. He's a... Uh, from Brooklyn, I think. Yeah, he's from New York, Brooklyn, I'm pretty sure. Um, so, yeah, he's a Brooklyn boy. Um, he's got that smack talk. He definitely knows how to sell a fight. I mean, he's so entertaining for boxing. So, he, he goes and gets done for these drugs. Uh, and it's not like you can say an excuse of, oh, someone uh, someone uh, spiked my, uh, my pre-workout. You know, someone uh, spiked my shake. These three drugs... You can only take them from injecting your ass. There's no, it's impossible to take them any other way. So right. we know that he, he's basically <laughs> juiced up to the gills, basically. So I'm just curious, when, when, when performance um, athletes juice up like this, do they think that they're going to get away with it? Or is there like a recent change in drug-tested methods that means that he got caught now and not before? I'm just curious. So um, it's cycles. So you can do microdosing, right? Um, even with, like, it's hard to do if you're injecting it, but it's still possible. So, and with Jarrell Miller, before I go into, a, a, you know, how people avoid drugs and whatnot, with Jarrell Miller, he's 24 stone. Tw between 22 and 24 stone, that's big for a boxer. What's that in pounds? Probably 320 pounds. Three, what? Yes. So, and the man throws, like, 100 punches around um, in all his fights. That's what he's known for. And he doesn't stop. He keeps coming forward. He, he's, and he's got decent power, but it's just power accumulation. Because he throws 100 punches around and he doesn't stop and he smothers you, you just end up getting knocked out because you're just constantly getting hit. So people was like, this guy's a freak of nature. How does he throw all these punches being 24 stone, 320 pounds? Now he gets done for this Joshua fight. And one of them was APO. Or, yeah, APO, I think. The same thing that TJ Dillashaw got done for. Um, so now I just feel like it's clear as day. The whole time he's been doing that, I think. Yeah. I really do. Cause His whole record is tainted. I feel that way, yes. I really do feel that way. And then, just quickly on this one, again, do you think that the public has lost out on a on a better matchup with Joshua versus Miller compared to who Joshua's fighting next week? Um, it's hard to say. I can't really answer that question because I feel like I don't know how Miller would fight without the drugs because I feel like he's been doing it a while. But just let's say he was never on drugs and that's how he fights. Um, the work rate and the punch output would have been really, really good to see uh, Joshua up against that. Um, Ruiz, uh, Andy Ruiz, um, the replacement for Big Baby, Big Baby Miller, um, he uh, holds different problems, and we'll get onto that soon. Um, but it, I just really was, have, have you ever seen anyone really smother Joshua? No one's done it. So it would have been really nice to see that kind of pressure from a guy who's 24 stone as well, that weight on top of Joshua. Yeah, um, see how he dealt, dealt exactly. with it. Exactly. That's, that's what I was looking forward to. Um, just want to mention again about the cycles as well. So, yeah, if you microdose and your cycle is correct, you can actually uh, bypass um, getting caught. So a lot of athletes do it, especially in MMA. A lot of athletes do it. Um, did you... Uh, there was that... Um, how can I say? That scandal about um, John Jones and the picograms, right? Yeah, so like that's basically what they... I don't know if it's a picogram level, but it's very small levels. Um, and some and when you microdose, sometimes that drug can come out of your system within two days. Right. So that's basically what uh, fighters do. So I feel that Miller was doing it this whole time. Um, just, just quickly, I mean, this is not this is not the Miller podcast, but yeah. do you think this is a lifetime ban or what? What's the deal? I mean, um, I feel like it should be because this scandal what happened to Miller. This is the biggest uh, violation of anti dolphin in boxing history. Like, by far, there's nothing that comes close to this. Yeah. All that has been found out that's been come close to this. So, I mean, yeah. It'll be strange so to see him fighting again after this. It'll be a very strange thing to see. Yeah, I mean, I think he should be banned for at least two years. I mean, he'll come back. Politics and boxing, money and boxing, he does put bums on seats. So he'll come back for a minimum two years, banned in my eyes. All right, all right. Okay, that was a bit of a detour. 
digression. But yeah, so Saturday 1st of June, um, Madison Square Garden, Anthony Joshua makes his US debut against Andy Ruiz. Um, Joshua, 22-0, and 0, 21 KOs, so undefeated. Andy Ruiz, not a bad record, 32 with um, 32 victories with one defeat. So, um, yeah, now that we've talked about Miller, let's... What's your thoughts, first of all, on Andy Ruiz? Is he a worthy opponent, first of all? He's definitely a worthy opponent. Um, he holds, like I said before, he, he holds a different problem than Big Baby Miller. He's got very fast hands, especially for a guy. Um, he's not as big as Miller, but Miller is a big lump who is just muscle. This guy is big, probably about 280 pounds, 270 pounds. Um, and he's a bit fleshy. He doesn't look ripped. He doesn't look the part. But, I mean, he's got a gas tank on him. He's got a dad bod. He's got a dad bod, yes. He's got a gas tank on him. Uh, he throws not as much as Miller, but quite a few punches. But technical ability is definitely a lot better than Miller. He's very good counter-puncher. Uh, if you don't bring your your uh, your hand back to your face quick enough or you have a lapse, he will hit you with a very good counter-punch every time. Um, he's definitely going to give uh, Joshua uh, some problems. I just think this is a case of a good big man will always beat a good small man. And Joshua is 6'7 or 6'6. Six, six. Andy Ruiz is 6'2. Yeah. He's obviously just a lot big more, uh, bigger than him, like mass-wise. I think first five rounds will be really close. I think uh, uh, Ruiz will count on Joshua. He'll hit him with good shots. I think he's going to target Joshua's body. He's going to slip and roll and target the body, a bit like Mike Tyson. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, after round... Five or six, I think just the pressure, the distance of Joshua and his size will just get to Miller and maybe a, sorry, not Miller, Ruiz. Uh, and possibly a KO in between uh, rounds 10 to 12 or uh, a unit or a points decision. Is that because you think that Joshua tends to be a slow starter, gets going late? No, just because I think Ruiz is that good. He's going to counter Joshua in the first five rounds. He's going to make it a tough fight. Um but Joshua, just the size, just the size and the height differential. Because they're both good fighters, right? They're both technical. Yeah. I think if Ruiz was the same size as Joshua, he would probably win. But it's just think it's a case of, like I said before, a good big man always beats a, big, a good small man. Yeah, I, I think that um, the advantage, obviously, is with Joshua in this one. First of all, he's picked this fight. He's the bigger name. Uh, he's, he's a huge name in boxing, huge name in Britain. And um, his last win over Klitschko, am I right? Povetkin. Oh, right, of course. September last year. Yeah, okay. So I'm just thinking about his his biggest fight um, so far was over Klitschko. That was 90,000 fans, Wembley Stadium. Record record uh, crowd in British history. Um, obviously, and Anthony Joshua has fought people like Andy Ruiz before, but Andy Ruiz has never faced anyone like Joshua. Would um, you say? Would I say? I mean, specifically, I like Andy Ruiz. I'd say no. Um, I think Andy Ruiz is definitely uh, going to have the fastest hands for a heavyweight that Joshua has ever faced. Klitschko had brilliant timing. But we have to remember, Klitschko was out of the ring for two years. Um, and he got just got beat by Tyson Fury. And he was 42. So everyone put so much weight on this Klitschko win for Joshua. In my opinion, you know, Klitschko done well, I was surprised. It was going to happen. He was going to win and by knockout. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just opinion. kind of um, plays into the overall story of Joshua, mm. really. This is what's kind of making him the, the, the big star that he is. I mean, he came back from a knockdown in that fight. And, you know, it was a dramatic way to finish the fight. Was it in the last round he ended up knocking Ten out round. Klitschko? Tenth round. Tenth round. Um, so, it, you know, it was nice and dramatic. And, you know, we, we love a bit of drama in boxing. And and then now he's trying to make it in the US. This is his first um, you know, US debut. He, he's trying to be a big star. He's getting a lot of um, cosigns and, um, you know, collaborations with, like, rappers like Meek Mill, etc., etc. Um, but as per usual, the question is, is he ducking big names? Um, he says that he's, you know, he, he's made offers to Deontay Wilder. He's made offers to Tyson Fury. And um, the offers have been turned down. But I think this question, until it happens, this, this question as to Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, and when, when is that matchup, that three-way, when is that going to happen? Um, what, what's your thoughts? You know, is he ducking? I, I or think what? I've mentioned this. 
last week. I think we did the, um, we uh, talked about the Brazil and uh, Wilder fight. So, at last year when they um tried to make the fight happen and they offered um Wilder a flat fee of fifteen million, well, um, Wilder was like, okay, I'll take it just because he wanted to fight him and prove that he would beat him. And I mean, fifteen million is a joke considering how much money the fight would make. Um, but then they made another excuse and fought Povetkin instead. So I think last year, around April to September, he was ducking Wilder. They had other plans. But now, they've all got their TV deals. Well, Fury's got his TV deal with um, Top Rank in uh, ESPN. Wilder's obviously with PBC and Showtime. And um, uh, Joshua's with DAZN and obviously Eddie Hearn's Matchroom. Um, so, and they all got stuff in the pipeline. Uh, and they all got big money. So Fury's got $100 million coming in his way. As long as he fights these five fights, right? Wilder's Wilder, I think he got twenty million for the Brazil fight. Brazil, twenty million, and Joshua, we all know he's on big money. So, uh, Fury's fighting um Swartz in July. Um, obviously we know Joshua's fighting next week. Fury's fighting again in December or September. I think it's December, and that's set in stone. And that fight is not Joshua, and it's not <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> Wilder. And uh, Wilder's fighting again at the end of the year. And it's not Joshua. And the same with Joshua. He's fighting again after this fight. Next year, around March or May, one of them will fight each other. Um, I don't know how it's going to work because of the pol- politics and the TV deals. Yeah. Fury has to fight on ESPN. Does, uh, Joshua has to fight in the zone. Wilder has to. Wilder doesn't actually have to fight in Showtime, but they have got a very tight, close relationship, so Showtime would have him to prefer to fight there. But he's the only one that maybe doesn't have to fight on that station. So I don't know how it's going to work, if it's going to be cross-promotion, pay-per-view, like maybe where um, Pacquiao, Pacquiao did. But the, early next year, around March or May, um, one of them will fight each other, for sure, in my opinion. Um, it's just all politics. Yeah, and all, it's all smoke and mirrors. They're making you think, um, he's ducking me, he's ducking me. They all know that they're going to fight each other, eventually. Yeah. It's just good for the, the narrative of the sport. It's good to make uh, money and drive up sales. And that's what they're all doing. That's the thing. They all have... You know, they're all undefeated. They're all at the top of boxing heavyweights and somehow they're all undefeated. It doesn't It doesn't seem to make sense that three fighters at the top could be all undefeated because they haven't really fought each other, obviously, apart from um, Fury Wilder, which was a draw. Um, all right. So, in a word, are you looking forward to this fight? I'm looking forward to it. That's more than a word. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> I can't wait um, for Ruiz to show his skills and show people that... Uh, just because I've got a dad bond doesn't mean I can't fight. Um, he's going to put Joshua on a lot of pressure. Um, I think Joshua, the key is the jab. You know, he's got, I think, a seven-inch longer reach than him. And obviously, he's got the height advantage as well. Keep that jab out there. Keep pumping that jab. Let Ruiz come to you because he has to get on the inside. He's got short arms as well. But that's one thing he's good about. I don't understand how Ruiz, he's short. He's got short arms. But he still counts as someone who's taller than him and has a longer reach. I've seen him. His last fight with Dimitrenko. Dimitrenko was the same height as Joshua. Dimitrenko was no Joshua, of course. But he was getting so close and still countering. So that's his key. That's the only way he can win the fight. So if Joshua's smart, keep the jab out there. You know, after six rounds, um, Ruiz probably be tired. Impose yourself after six rounds. Pick your weight on him and maybe get a late KO. So you're saying that dad board is only ready for six rounds? I mean, because of the amount of... Uh, Pressure that Ruiz will have to put on Joshua. Again, uh, Ruiz knocked, knocked out Dimitrenko in the fourth or third round. Joshua is no Dimitrenko. Joshua will, will keep the distance better than Dimitrenko did. And because he's keeping the distance, um, he will have to make, Ruiz will have to work harder than he's ever worked before to get on the inside. And that's what's going to, you know, against elite fighters, as much as I don't like to say it, Joshua is an elite fighter, um, you, they make you work. And Joshua's going to make him work. And Joshua's coach, Robert McCracken is no idiot. If I'm saying this, Robert McCracken definitely knows this. So that's I just see the, the game plan, and like I say, a good big man is always going to be a good small man. All right. Um, so unless you got anything else to add on this one, we can call it for part two. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's it for now. We'll come back to this card in the quick mentions. There's some top fights on this card. Um, yeah, in part three. All right.
you've been listening to Before the Bell podcast. Okay, part three, we are back. And now we're going to shift gears over to MMA and talk about, again, June the 1st, next weekend, we have UFC Fight Night Stockholm. Alexandra Gustafsson against Anthony Smith. This is a this, this is a good card, and it's surprising they put it as a... Well, it's not a pay-per-view um, event. It's actually free-to-air. Um, yeah, Courtney, you're a fan of either of these guys or what? Um, I'm a big fan of Anthony Smith. The guy's a dog, an absolute dog, man. Um, people always put him down for the, the Jones performance, but I'm not going to go too deep into Jones, but we all know Jones is the GOAT, and he makes very, very amazing fighters look like amateurs. So uh, there's no shame losing to uh, John Jones. So you think that's a blip? You think Anthony Smith is going to come back after that loss and um, do something really big against Gustafsson? I mean, let's not let, let's not sleep on Mr. Gustafsson. First of all, he's at home. Um, he's from Sweden. He's fighting. This fight is in uh, Stockholm. So he's he's got... That's pressure as well, but that's also a lot of support. And, um, you know, he's been in some wars. He's fought Jones. He's fought Cormier. And yes, he's lost those fights, but man's got skills, no? He has got skills. Um, I feel like, like I said, you said um, Smith had a blip. I mean, John, John Jones is a blip for anyone. Um, but in his last fight against Jones, I, don't, I just didn't see the hunger. I didn't see the hunger in his movement. His, his hand speed was slow. Um, and yeah, we have to give props to Jones, but also I think it was a very poor Gustafsson. Um, yeah, and before he fought Jones, he was out for maybe 16 months. So, yeah, it, I just don't see it. Um, Smith is young, he's hungry, he's got power, uh, timing. He's just, he's a dog, man. And I don't think Gustafsson, because Gustafsson, his takedown defense is not good. But he's uh, very good on the, on, uh, on his, with his hands and on his feet. And he's got good movement around Octagon. So he's been able to evade those people taking him down, apart from Cormier, a, a brilliant wrestler. Um, he's not going to be able to keep Smith off him, I don't think. Uh, Smith, I'm going to go for a third round knockout for Smith. So um, from what I know of Smith, he uh, tends to be a stand-up guy. Traditional boxer, um, Gustafsson is more well-rounded. I've seen him on the, you know, on the ground doing some good stuff on the ground as well. Where do you think this fight is going to end up mainly? I have to disagree with you there. Um, Smith's jiu-jitsu was actually really good. He's got really, really? Good yeah, he's got really good jiu-jitsu. Um, I mean, he's had like maybe forty odd MMA fights. He had so many fights before he came to the UFC. Um, he's got a really good jiu-jitsu. Um, Gustafsson is poor on the ground. I mean, he's oh, he's good at getting up. So if you put him down, he's good at getting up. But if you if he can't get up, you know, he's going to get destroyed on the ground. Um, that's why I think it's deceiving. He looks like he's good on the ground because he's just good at getting up. But if you keep him on the ground, you can... Uh, well, he's a lanky fighter, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, ground and pound him. Uh, his uh, defense on the ground is poor. He hasn't got any jiu-jitsu, really. Hardly any wrestling. His ground game is actually really poor. Um, but he's very good at getting up. That's why you rarely see him on the ground, getting beaten, being up. Um, yeah, I just don't see Gustafsson winning, really. I'm, I'm, I feel bad because he's a legend, kind of. But Yeah, I mean, he's 32. This is um, peak peak time for, for him. And yet, it, it feels like, again, with this fight being in Stockholm, the UFC want Gustafsson to be good. They, they want him to be as close to John Jones as possible because that's... That's the money fight, isn't it? Um, they've already fought twice. Yes. Um, I think that could be a trilogy. So he needs to win this fight for his own career, his own kind of um, legacy, really. But you don't think that's going to happen now? One of my favourite quotes in this world is, you can't win them all. <laughs> and that's what it is for Gustafsson, in my opinion. I just don't see any way him doing it. Um, and I don't, I don't think so much. I mean, if Smith wins, they can push Smith. Because in America, you know... Um, and he didn't get finished as well. And he was tough in that Jones fight. He was tough. Uh, Gustafsson got finished. Uh, Gustafsson ain't going to get another title, title shot anytime soon. Um, and Jones, Jones is... Uh, we keep coming on to Jones. This is the thing about the light heavyweight division and it does annoy me a bit. 
he controls everything because he's so good. Yeah. So you talk about any fighter in the top three, you have to talk about Jones. Of course. So Jones' next fights are set in stone. He beats um, Thiago Santos, which I think he will. But I think it will be a tough fight. His next stop, uh, next fight will be Luke Rockhold. Luke, Luke Rockhold is under on the undercard of Jones versus Thiago Santos. He's fighting some other dude. If Luke Rockhold wins that fight. Set in stone. Luke Rockhold will fight John Jones. So wait a minute. Luke Rockhold was a middleweight. He's no, he's moved up. He's moving up. So he's fighting on the undercard of Thiago Santos versus John Jones. Um, if he beats his opponent, he will fight John Jones. This is already set in stone. This is news to me. So yeah. Luke Rockhold is going to fight for the light heavyweight championship yes. if he wins his next and fight. That's going to be a good fight. I think Rockhold can give Jones problems. He's got good kicks, um, and he's been struggling at that weight. Um, he's bullet. a big guy. Yeah, for sure. And then after that. If um, who's that new kid on the block, the one with the flying knees, um, and he hurt his shoulder because he did a celebration. What what division? Johnny Walker. So Johnny Walker's gonna have three, three possibly four fights this year. If he wins all of those fights next year, he will fight John Jones. So it's it's already set in stone. And if John Jones beat all of those guys, beats Santos, beats Luke Rockhold, then beats Johnny Walker, then he'll move up to heavyweight. That's that's the plan that UFC have for him. And then him against DC, possibly? Well, that's going to be next year. DC has categorically said that I will not be fighting in 2020. My last fight will be in 2019, and I'll be retired. And he said there's just no way. Um, so, no, Jones Jones, and DC is dead in the war. But, again, like I say, that's why I don't like the like heavyweight division, because you have to keep talking about John Jones. Smith, um, he's a dog. He's got good jiu-jitsu. If they, if they get on the ground, Smith is going to... I could, I feel like it's going to be a fourth round submission submission by Smith or a third round knockout by Smith. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Gustafsson. Uh, like I said, I feel like he has a lot of pressure to really deliver this time. He's going to have his home crowd behind him. Um, he has no greater motivation than, than to do this and to win this fight. And I kind of want him to do this because um, I believe in his legacy. I think he's um, done some great things. For MMA, and um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens next week. So officially, you've got Smith. Officially, I've got Gustafsson. Let's see what happens next week. Let's see who uh, who who wins this one. Also on the card um, for this fight, um, the Brit, thirty nine years old, Jimmy Manua. Um, talk about seeing people get knocked out. Um, similar to Overeem, really. Alistair Overeem. I've seen Jimmy Jimmy Manua get knocked out so many times but he keeps bouncing back and having more and more fights this time he's against up-and-comer Alexandra Rak- Rakic I think that sounds like a Croatian name to me um, don't know too much about Rakic but um, yeah do you um, have any thoughts on this fight? Um, again I don't know too much about Rakic neither I, the only thing I know about him is that he's got 11 fights he lost his first fight and then he won the the, the 10 fights after, so he's in 10 fight win streak, I think two wins in the UFC. Um, I know that he's got fast hands, but I haven't really seen much of his fights. Um, but Jimmy Manoa uh, is 39, Rakic, I know he's in, I think, early 30s or late 20s, something like that. Um, and Jimmy Manoa has been knocked out in his last three fights, I'm pretty sure. So, I think so too, yeah. So And he's 39, so I feel like he's on the slide. Young, hungry guy. Um, Late twenties, early thirties, fast hands. I think he's gonna do the job on Jimmy Manuel. Yeah, I think if he, I think if Manuel loses this fight, that could be him for the UFC. Certainly, normally the UFC don't like fighters losing three times, certainly four times in a row. Um, I think the UFC have probably only kept him around because he's a good, he's still a very popular fighter in Britain. Um, you know, pretty much whenever he fights in London, he he gets good support. So. Yeah, I wish him all the luck, Jimmy, Jimmy Manuel, on that fight. I really hope that he can turn his career around. And, um, yeah, basically, who have you got in this fight? Um, yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, long, young, hung, hungry lion, um, fast hands, on a 10-fight win streak. Manuel, you know, just look at the, like, you know, do the, the logical math here. Younger guy, 10 years younger, fast hands, 10-fight win streak. Older guy, 39 years of age. Free fight uh, losing streak all by knockouts. When you say those things, and way sounds up, like, pretty obvious now. Wait, like that, it's yeah. it, you know. Even though I haven't seen Rakic fight, I've seen like what t- 
30 seconds of some highlights of Rakic. Um, even though I haven't seen him fight, I mean, you weigh up like that, look at the uh, pros and cons, and you're going to have to go for, with Rakic, in my opinion. All right. So that's that's that then. So, yeah, onto some quick mentions then. Uh, I'm going to stop you there, Ken. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Before we go to some quick mentions, we, um, one of my favorite UFC fighters, Vulcan, No Time, Ostermere, is also on that card as well. No Time for what? Oh, the No Time is that because he keeps knocking people out. Not recently, but he, he had that run in UFC where he's knocking everyone out. And he, there's, there's no time to wait around, basically. I'm just going to knock you out. Um, he actually walks into the octagon looking at his hand like he's uh, looking at a watch. So it's quite Interesting. kind of funny. Um, he's fighting uh, uh, Lier Latifi, who is a Swedish fighter. Um, and he's fought, he fought, I think Lier Latifi has fought Manoa. And he fought um, a couple other kind of fringe contender fighters uh, in uh, UFC. So that's another fight. Um, I'm hoping uh, no time pulls through because I just I just like the way he acts. I think he's a funny guy. Um, but yeah, that's another one to watch out on that card. All right then. So yeah, quick mentions then. There are a few things happening next week, and also there's a few things happening in the world of fighting. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on July twentieth. The the legend from the Philippines. You know who I mean. The forty year old um, hasn't retired yet. He's back to fight. Uh, Keith Thurman. Mm-hmm. Keith Thurman is twenty nine and zero. Is that a wise decision from Pacquiao? Um, I like Pacquiao's belief, um, but I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it's similar to the Jimmy Manuel situation. He's forty. Keith Thurman is um twenty nine. Um, fast hands, um, and a lot of people are saying, "Oh, look at Keith Thurman's last fight. Um, he didn't look that great." He was out for two years. He had an injury. Um, the injury actually wasn't fully healed, but it was healed enough for him to fight. Um, and he, uh, he fought and he still kept his title. It wasn't the greatest performance. But you need to remember that he's beat Sean Poirier. He's beat uh, Danny Garcia. He was unified champion before he got in- injured. Yeah, Thurman is the real deal. And yeah, he had to give sure. up one of his titles, right? Because he was injured. Um, he's got power on fast hands. And uh, it's something funny. They had their press conference this week. So uh, they had a, a LA press conference. And I think maybe a Vegas press conference. Um, they did a press tour for the fight, right? And uh, Furman uh, said that M- Manny Pacquiao, he, he's like a bunny rabbit. He jumps around. Um, in boxing, you're taught n- not to take uh, both of your feet off the ground. And normally don't even take one foot off the ground. But, you know, if you do take one foot off the ground, you can get away with it. But you take both foot off the ground for a split second, you're in midair. You get hit with a punch, you're going to be knocked out cold. Yeah. Pacquiao does that a lot, but because he's very unorthodox and, um, you know, he has got, he's kind of fast, he gets away with it. Furman says, if you do that bunny, ram, ju- bunny, rabbit, jumping, bunny rabbit jumping with me, I'm going to knock you out worth, um, like how Marquez knocked you out in the fourth fight. And I, I think he's got a point there because Keith Furman has got very fast hands um, and uh, he's got brilliant timing and power. So I just, yeah, I just think... Uh, yeah, again, do the math. I know Pacquiao's a legend, but um, he's older. People said, oh, look at it. Pacquiao's last fight. He beat Broner. Broner did nothing in that fight. Broner threw no punches. Broner was awful. So, of course... But, but do you think Pacquiao is a, is a special fighter in the sense that genetically, even at 40... Because, you know, some fighters can do it past 39, past 40. Do you think that Pacquiao is one of those guys that genetically he, he can still keep going? At this age, I see, I see, I see the slide in him. Honestly, Broner was. People said, "Oh, he beat Broner. Broner did nothing, so that was a good performance." He knocked out Matisse before that. Matisse was shadow of his old self. He was shot. You know, it was a silly fight, but you know, it happens in boxing. And before that, I think he fought um, Jesse Vargas, maybe. Um, yeah, I just he's not that great. Um, well, I mean, he is great, but I mean, recently he hasn't been that great. Um, and people are going to say that I'm a Pacquiao hater. But uh, Pacquiao at 40 is no Mayweather at 40. I'm sorry. Pacquiao, Pacquiao at 40 is no May- Mayweather at 40. Mayweather can be beating these 30-year-olds at the age of 40, making them look like they're 40 and he's 30. But Pacquiao, right now, his last three performances, I don't see it. And Furman, he's in his prime and he's 29. And he's a very good fighter. Um, I think... I think he's going to knock him out as well. Just because he, he, if he knocks out Pacquiao, 
I mean, the that, doors. The, the, that's his career. That's it. He's that's a legend overnight. Set, set there, and yeah. I think he's going to be so determined and so fine tuned in this fight. And that kind of Keith Thurman is a dangerous man for anyone. For me, Keith Thurman beats Errol Spence. But for me, I'll just quickly mention Crawford beats all of them. Crawford beats Thurman. He beats Spence. He beats all of them, in my opinion. I hope these fights happen. But uh, Crawford is the best world weight, in my opinion. Thurman is the second best. And Spence is the third best. All right. And, um, yeah, let's let's see this fight. Obviously, we'll talk about it more as, as, uh, as it comes up. This is penciled in for July 20th. Now, um, yeah, other quick mentions, Courtney. Yeah, we're just going to go on to... We'll go back to the Joshua card. So, there are some really big uh, fights on the, on the card. Um, and I think it's a, a stellar uh, card, considering it's uh, Joshua's first fight in America. So, uh, they needed to make it big. Um, they, they needed to do it, yeah, do a really big show, right? Basically, and... Uh, capture the American market for Joshua. Uh, just like Kes was saying earlier, he's been meeting with Meek Mill, you know, doing the rounds in America. He's, he's been on The Breakfast Club and uh, other shows, you know, to try and get the American audience on the side. So they need a big card. So we got Callan Smith, um, the consensus number one super middleweight, um, defending his uh, w- Super World WBA title against Hassan Endam. Um, a good fighter. Uh, me and Kez has actually seen Hassan Endem live. He beat um, Martin Murray in the UK. Um, he's got some. He's two-time world champion at 160 pounds. So he's a good fighter. I think Callum Smith will be, be too big for Endem. Uh, Callum Smith, eight-round knockout, I think. Chris Algieri, uh, one of uh, Kez's favourite guys. Yep, still around, Algieri. Um, he's fighting Tommy Coyle. Um, he's, you know he's fought some good guys, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Like, he's fought Pacquiao. He fought... Did he, wait, did he fight Crawford? No, I don't think he fought Crawford. Um, but he's, yeah, he fought Amir Khan, he fought Pacquiao. He beat Ruslan Provodnikov and Provodnikov was beating everyone. He's a very good technical fighter, just with no power. Tommy Coyle is fighting him. That one 50-50 toss-up fight for me. Tommy Coyle has more power, he's got decent boxing skills. But Chris Algieri has definitely, technically, ability-wise, better. So um, for me, it's who wants it more in the night. And the next fight, um, the, the the Irish hero, basically, Katie Taylor. Uh, I think she is a two-time, or I think it's two-time gold medalist in the Olympics. Might be one time, but could be two-time. Uh, first is Delphine Person. So this is for all the belts at lightweight um, and the ring magazine belt. So this is the best lightweight in the division. So Katie Taylor, um, she's the w, WBO, the WBA, and the IBF lightweight women's champion. And Delphine Persoon is the WBC champion. She's been a champion for about 8 to 10 years. So no, she hasn't, she's got one loss. And that's at the beginning of her career. So, and she's just been beating everyone. Um, so this is a really big fight. I, this could be its own card. But nothing stumps Joshua, right? But that's going to be a really big fight. I cannot wait for that. Um, and Josh Kelly versus Ray Robinson. Josh Kelly is a British prospect. Uh, PBK. Uh, pretty boy Josh Kelly. Um, Ray Robinson is 24-3-1, so, I mean, that's a good test for uh, Josh Kelly. I really rate him. I think in three to four years, he could be up against Furman, Crawfords of the world, and possibly beat them um, if he stays in the right path. Joshua Buatzi, he won the silver in Rio Olympics. He's a very uh, talented prospect in Britain. He's fighting Marco Antonio Paraban, who's had two previous world title fights, had one draw in a world title attempt, so... That's a big step up for uh, Joshua Buatzi as well. So uh, don't just uh, look out for Joshua and Ruiz. Look out for the whole card. Should be really, really good. All right. Um, also, you have you got anything to mention, Kez? No, no, I'm all out on this one. Okay, I'll, I'll keep on going. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the lead from here. So I want to go back to the Haney card. Devin Haney. The undercard was also pretty good. So um, we had Jessica McCaskill beat... Uh, Anaya Esther Sanchez. That was also a unification fight at super lightweight or light welterweight for the WBC and WBA titles. I think Jessica McCaskill, um, I think she's half English, but she's uh, from America. So um, uh, Eddie Hearn really takes a liking to her because she's you know, English blood. Eddie Hearn's everywhere these days. Yeah, yeah. He's really monopolizing the game of boxing uh, promotion. Um, and you also had Michael Hunter uh Good, good fighter. He fought Usyk to a uni- uh, to a uh, decision loss and gave Usyk a tough fight. 
He's moved up to heavyweight and had three knockouts in a row. This is his fourth. He bought, beat uh, Fabio Magdalena in the second round. And also there was another fighter, heavyweight, eight fights, seven KOs. Philip Hergfitch knocked out uh, Gregory Corbin in the first round. Um, so yeah, I mean, that were, those were good fights on the, under the Devane, Devane Haney undercard. Um, and um, just some news. This is big news in the world of boxing. PBC, so that is the umbrella that all of Al Hamas fighters are under. So you've got Furman, you've got Cor- not Corbin, Furman, Spence, Garcia. I mean, he's got about 150 fighters, maybe 200. Most of the top fighters in America. They're in 500 million debt. Uh, Al Heyman is trying to sell PBC, but because of the contracts he has, he's, he's finding it difficult. So basically, in his contracts, he is an advisor and a manager. But technically, he's a promoter. Technically, he's actually a promoter. So because of that, he's finding it hard to sell it. And also, if you know about boxing, the, Mon- the Muhammad Ali Act came in the late 80s to make it fair for boxers to get uh, you know, real money, to get paid the right amount mm-hmm. of money for putting their lives on the line. So because of the money Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali Act, he's finding it very difficult to uh, sell PBC. So, I mean, this could really be some serious uh, issues for big fights in the future, in the next year or two. Are they still hosting fights, though, going Yeah, forward? yeah. I mean, PBC, uh, what did we have last week? We had the Wilder. Wilder's on the PBC, under the PBC brand. I mean, all the top fights in America. Uh, Austin Trout fought last night under the PBC brand. I mean, this is a big deal. 500 million in debt. So, I mean, that's some big news right there. Um, and yeah, and then that's, the, that's all I got, really. I mean, all right. next week we've got Devin Alexander versus Ivan. Yeah, I've not mentioned that. Rebchek. Um, you know, he's a, he's a decent fighter and he's got a following in America. So that should be a good card. Um, and on the, on the undercard of that, you've got Hugo Centeno Jr. versus William Monroe. William Monroe fought Billy Joe Saunders in the UK. So he's a known, known-ish name. Um, but yeah, guys, keep an eye out for um, what's happening with PBC. That's, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's, it, it seems strange that they are so much in debt and in trouble publicly, but at the same time, they're still hosting big, big, big um, fights. So, yeah, let, let, let's see how that one plays out. Um, yeah, unless you've got anything else to add? No, no, um, we're, we're good to go. All right, that was oh. um, episode eight. So, yeah, I'll be back next week to talk about the big event, Anthony Joshua taking on Andy Ruiz. And um, I'm sure there'll be other stuff as well to talk about by then so Courtney thanks once again for being uh, the voice of boxing and um, yeah I'll leave the last word to you and guys as always it's becoming the, the usual but like comment share subscribe and support the movement alright peace you've been listening to Before the Bell podcast tune in next week for more about the world of mixed martial arts